we had flown all of our vials out to Canada so they could start mass production and we were going to pay the deposit. And then I actually called the lab to make sure that they got the vials. And he was like, the owner of the lab was like, oh, did anyone talk to you yet? And I was like, no. And they were like, we're dropping pound cake as a client. And I was like, what? Welcome to So Ambitious, a podcast series about what's possible when Black and Latinx founders can build uninterrupted. I'm your host, Felicia Hatcher. I'm an author, an entrepreneur, an investor, and a mom. I'm also the CEO of Black Ambition, a nonprofit initiative founded by the Pharrell Williams, working to close the opportunity and wealth gap for Black and Latinx communities through entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we welcome Camille Bell, co-founder and CEO of Pound Cake, a cosmetic company revolutionizing the way color is made for darker skin. Camille also happens to be the 2022 winner of the $1 million prize for Black Ambition. With Camille, we'll discover the ins and outs of crowdfunding, the ups and downs of product development, and how to turn lessons into launch pads. I'm so excited to share Camille's journey. Let's get started. Camille grew up in Philadelphia with her father, stepmother, and younger siblings. While Philadelphia is a diverse city with a strong Black community, Camille's hometown was not. I was the only person of color, period. Like, there weren't any other brown kids, there weren't Asian kids. It was literally just Camille, the Black girl, at my school. My mom passed when I was three, and she was from Liberia. And then my dad remarried like a few months after she passed. And the person that he married was a white woman, but I don't think she was well-versed in knowing how to take care of Black children. Camille felt like an outsider at home and at school. This disconnect forced her to become independent at a young age. I was treated like a mini adult at such an early age. And so a lot of the things that I wanted to have or do, I had to figure out how to do it on my own. I think when I was nine or 10, I would make these bracelets out of yarn and sit in my room for like hours, just like making a bunch of different bracelets. And then I put it in like a a clear box And I would go around my development, my neighborhood, knocking on people's door and just pitching to them (laughs) for like 25 cents, 50 cents for like this ugly ass bracelet (laughs) of yarn, um, like this yarn bracelet. Young Camille's business grew so much, she enlisted her younger sister to keep up the supply. My sister was supposed to do it with me and I would like... I'd be like, you know, you're slacking behind. I need, like you said, that you have these bracelets. Like we need to sit here and do our bracelets. Camille went through so much at such a young age. But as the saying goes, our tests, and we all have tests, but our tests will be our testimony. Sometimes ambition comes out of bare necessity. And for Camille, that definitely was the case. Still, it's admirable. A few years later, Camille took those business-savvy skills with her to Temple University. And during her sophomore year in 2013, that entrepreneurial bug hit again. I was like really into fashion. I had a lot of friends that were 
designers. And I was like, oh my God, wouldn't that be a um, great idea to have a platform where designers in different areas, whether they're students or what have you, or like just young designers could showcase their pieces. She called the platform Monarchy Nation after the butterfly. But creating a two-sided marketplace is a big undertaking for a venture-backed startup, let alone a solopreneur with no team and few resources. Camille struggled to keep the business going, and after 10 months, she decided to shut it down. With Monarchy Nation behind her, Camille decided to look forward to graduation and life post-college. She set her sights on securing a well-paying job with the number one place to work at the time, Google. I got into a program with them. Then they invited me to apply. I applied to, like, I had like three different interviews with Google and just got rejected each time <laughs> my senior year. And so it was like, by by my, by graduation, I was like, okay, so I'm not working at Google. Like I thought I was going to be. At the time of graduation, I did not have anything lined up. With no job secured, Camille harnessed that same hustler spirit that led her to start selling bracelets as a child and to build a fashion business as a college sophomore. She had developed some social media skills and savvy in college and began pitching herself to companies and agencies over LinkedIn. It worked. I heard back from one PR company, but this isn't what I wanted to do long-term. I just, I needed a job because I had to start paying rent. Like when I graduated, I didn't um, get to move home like some of my peers did. Camille was grateful to have a job that paid the bills, but like many of us can relate to, she felt unfulfilled with the work that she was doing. The nine to five structure was also especially challenging since Camille is also neurodivergent. Because I have ADHD, it's hard for me to concentrate. Sitting in like in a cubicle for eight hours every single day doing the same thing just wasn't for me. Back at Temple, Camille had been involved with student government and she kept in touch with an advisor for career support. The advisor urged Camille to think critically about what she loved because that was going to lead her to the right career choice. And I was like, well, I really love makeup and I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I've always wanted to own my own business. And then I started talking to him about some problems that I've been facing in the beauty industry. Melanated folks, we know all too well the limited options available to people with darker skin tones. Um, And I was always going to Sephora uh, downtown in Center City and uh, it was just, it was just really discouraging at times. Like I would go in, I remember this one specific time. It, it was a blush that looked so beautiful. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, it looks so pretty. But there was a really long line. And I wanted to make sure before I stood in line that I liked the color. And to my surprise, when I went to swipe it, it like blended into my skin as if I didn't put anything on. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then of course I look at the advertisement of who it's advertised on. And I was like, oh, got it. Well, that person doesn't look like me. I'm sure you can guess who it did look like. This one time I, I was um, I was at work and this, this white woman came in. She was wearing this beautiful red lipstick. And I was like, oh my God, what color, like what lipstick is that? She was like, it's called Ruby Woo from MAC. And I was like, okay, cool. So I wrote that down. I went to the MAC store to buy the Ruby Woo lipstick. And I remember being really excited to put it on. When I put it on, it just did not look the same. 
what looked like a beautiful deep red on her, it looked kind of like orange on me. And so they were like, I went back and explained that to them, like some of the Mac associates and they're like, oh yeah, you can like blend it or you can like buy another color that's a little darker and kind of like darken the corners. And so I used to do that a lot. I used to like have to blend stuff to make it the color I wanted, but it was, it was really disappointing. This was an aha moment for Camille. And she saw that there was an opportunity in the market. I started speaking to some friends, a lot of friends that are darker than me, just asking like, hey, do you experience like, I don't know, going to pick out a lipstick and maybe it looks purple in the tube, but then when you put it on, it's just brown or you pick out a red and then it shows up orange and they're like, girl, all the time. (laughs) I think Camille's the entrepreneur friend in the group because they encourage her to create something better. Camille shared all of this during her meeting with the advisor at Temple. And so he was like, you know what? You should check out this hub called Blackstone Launchpad. It's located here on campus, but it's for current students, faculty, and alumni. And you should check it out. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went there later that week and I met the director. I told her the business idea I had and she she immediately was like, boom, boom, but like, okay, pulled up her computer and she was like, you need to think of a name by this Friday. I want you to come back with a name. You need to get business cards, go to Staples and get like, even if they're really shitty, go to Staples and get a business cards. We're going to see if we can get you the website handles, make sure you can get the social media handles. She started Googling like makeup conferences in New York, all in the, all in the same day that I first met her. She was like, can you go to New York next week? The next week, Camille headed to New York for a makeup conference, which she used as an opportunity for market research. She wanted to see if other attendees at the conference experienced the same frustrations shopping for makeup as she and her friends did. And they did. Camille left New York feeling validated with her idea and ready to get to work. First things first, she really needed a name. I thought about the name for days. I just sat on my apartment floor just thinking about a solid name. When I started doing more research, I found that in the 1900s, when makeup was really booming, there's one product that was taking over and it was called cake makeup. And it was predominantly for white women, but it was it was this big phenomenon in the beauty industry. But I was thinking, I was like, wow, that's a time where I don't see any black and brown faces. I don't see people who are like fat identifying queer folks. Um, It seems like this is really just for like thin white women. And we're like, oh my gosh, pound cake. We're pounding what that used to be and creating a new type of cake for people to enjoy. That's way more inclusive than it was in the early 1900s. With pound cake locked in, Camille knew she couldn't pursue this endeavor alone. She called up a classmate from college, Johnny Vasquez, and asked him to be her co-founder. He majored in media studies and production. And Camille valued his opinions and expertise. And Johnny, he loved the idea and said yes. Camille returned to the director of Blackstone Launchpad with these updates. She encouraged the two of them to sign up for Temple's Innovative Ideas Pitch Competition. I asked Johnny if he could help me put together like a really cool animated video to kind of help me stand out amongst the rest. Um, and really explain how pound cake is different and what our goals are. And so he created this really sick animated video. And 
we ended up winning their global initiative award for like $500. So now we're like, okay, we have something going here. This early win was further validation for Pound Cake. And even though the prize was just $500, that initial validation and injection of a little capital is huge to start for a young entrepreneur. Motivated by their win, Camille and Johnny started signing up for more and more pitch competitions. But they found themselves facing a similar roadblock each and every time. Eventually, that high from that first win started to fade. We were sick of doing these pitch competitions because we were always getting in. We were always getting selected. And a lot of times we would make it to the final round. Um, But the judges were always white men. And it was always, is this really a problem? I don't know. You know, my daughter is into makeup and I don't really, okay, but your daughter's, I'm assuming white. Yeah, we were just so sick of like making it to the final round, but them always coming up with excuse of why we weren't picked. You know, it can be very hard being the first to market in a certain kind of innovation or product or having something that's of a specific niche with investors or judges that don't fully understand what it is, what it does, or the huge market potential and how game-changing your product is. Most of the feedback Camille and Johnny received was unhelpful or ill-informed, and they took it with a grain of salt. But after one competition, a judge suggested that they develop a prototype so that they could show versus just tell how their products made a difference. It was a good idea, but one that required money they did not have at the time. After all, that's why they entered all these pitch competitions in the first place. We're trying to launch. We need money to get to launch. And so at that point, this was like 2017, 2018, Johnny and I were like, why don't we go to our own community who would get it and raise money through there? And so that's when we we did our first Indiegogo campaign. Johnny and Camille's instinct to seek out support for their community was spot on. After all, these were the people they were making pound cake for. A crowdfunding campaign would kill two birds with one stone, raise capital to start developing their first product, and demonstrate market demand and customer interest. But crowdfunding is not a walk in the park. In fact, fewer than 25% of crowdfunding campaigns are successful or fully funded. Camille knew the odds were stacked against them, but she wasn't going to hold back from trying. Instead, she set their goal at $20,000 and made a mindset shift. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. And a lot of times you have to tell yourself, like if anybody's thinking of going the crowdfunding route, you have to mentally tell yourself and sometimes even verbally say to other people, I'm not raising money so you can fund my lifestyle. I'm raising money for my dream or my baby. You know what I mean? Your idea. And once you're comfortable with understanding that this money is to fund your business that you that you started so you could solve X problem, then it, get, it started getting a lot easier and it will get easier to ask people to support you. Camille knew that to be successful, she would need to tailor the campaign to her community and her target market. Thankfully, she knew them very well. They were her and her friends, young, recent college grads trying to chase their dreams and establish their footing in the world. Unfortunately, that meant many of them weren't rolling in money, but they were rolling in a desire to be a part of something cool and bigger than themselves. So Camille created a strategy that appealed to their ambitions 
and asked for contributions of $25 or less. Camille remembered the hard lessons learned jumping into her business, Monarchy Nation, without a plan. And she wasn't going to do that again. We planned for our Indiegogo a year in advance because we did a lot of research. The most successful campaigns are planned out at least, they said, eight months in advance. And what that means is you need to start building a list of people months and months in advance um, that you want to donate. And then you have to check in with them. And then four weeks before you say, hey, you know, this is the thing I've been talking about. We're going live in four weeks. And then you give them two weeks before. And then on that day, you're supposed to have at least like one third of your goal already there. When Pound Cake's Indiegogo finally went live in 2017, the grind didn't stop. By its fourth day, the campaign still hadn't raised enough money to meet that one third threshold. But the team kept hustling day in and day out to hit their goal. And by the end of it, we had gotten to, I think we had gotten to like 11,000. And we were just coming to terms with, oh man, we really did like everything we could. And when we had about two hours left, an hour and a half left, I kept like refreshing the the, the site and it said, boom, it had jumped past 20,000. We we're like, what the fuck? Was this like, was this a mess up? And so we go and we see that this man, I put his name in, it, was, it just said like this guy, I think his name was like Alan, donated 10,000. And we're like, who the heck is this? After some digging, Camille learned that the $10,000 came from someone at an accounting software company, QuickBooks. The company had an initiative where they funded the remainder of trending Indiegogo campaigns that were nearing their end. They got a hold of Pound Cake's campaign and loved what they saw. With the contributions raised from the campaign, Johnny and Camille finally could afford making a prototype. Step one, finding the right formula. I wanted entirely custom formulas. I'm saying pound cake is solving a problem. And I felt uncomfortable for me personally. I felt uncomfortable going the white label or private label route. So meaning like, you know, you go to a lab and they're like, here's our stock formulas. You know, if you like it, you can put your, your name on it. You don't own the rights, but you know, we'll sell it to you. You can sell it to your customers. No one will really know. You just put your name. Creating an original formula for pound cake would cost more money and take a lot more time, but Camille wasn't swayed away. After researching labs all around the state, she finally found one in Utah that seemed to meet all of their needs. And so at this point, I had a call with their salesperson, right? The VP of sales. And the VP of sales, their job is to get the sale. But at the time when I'm calling and I'm like, I want a formula that can do this and that can do this and that can do this. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I can, we can do that. Yeah, 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 that sounds great. We can do that. I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, like definitely. I just was like really excited and eager to start now that I have this money that I'm assuming that if I'm asking you in good faith, do you know how to do something that the person in sales is going to be honest with me and say, yeah, our chemist can definitely do that. So we paid $7,500 to start R&D, research and development, and for them to start on this custom formulation. And so our first revision ever was in May of 
2018. And it was absolute trash. How did this happen? Here's where I messed up. I should have said, okay, do you have, can you send me what you guys do have? Like, send me what creations um, are already done or, or things in your stock formulas that I can test out. And if they're ass, then I wouldn't have went with them. But I didn't do that. Pound cake was $7,500 in the hole with no formula for a prototype. But the lab felt confident in their ability to deliver. So Camille continued to work with them. And so we were getting like a revision once a month and they were just, one was like orange and it was kind of like lip glossy. The other, they were so different from each other. It's not even like it was a progression. It was just random stuff. After a full year of working with the lab to deliver the formula she was looking for, Camille decided to cut her losses and find a new lab. This time, Camille asked for samples before making any payments. Thankfully, the samples from the new lab were stronger than what the other lab had produced. So Camille felt good about moving forward. So we worked with them for a year from 2019 to 2020, but the pandemic hit in March of 2020. So everything shut down for like a few months because they only had one chemist for an entire lab. Then we didn't resume until like April, but we had like five five out of the six colors done. So we're like, okay, we're going to launch September, October, the latest of 2020. This is going to be really exciting. Things were finally moving along for Pound Cake. And on top of being close to having their formula complete, the company had been accepted into Glossier's first ever accelerator cohort for Black-owned beauty businesses. It was a paid opportunity. It was a really big deal for us. We were like, oh my God, we got $10,000, which we we would need um, to support our launch. And simultaneously, while this is happening, August of 2020, that September, we had we had flown all of our vials out to Canada so they could start filling, start mass production, and we were going to pay the deposit. And then I actually called the lab to make sure that they got the vials. And he was like, the owner of the lab was like, oh, did anyone talk to you yet? And I was like, no. And they were like, we're dropping pound cake as a client. And I was like, what? The lab had secured another client, a brand with a bigger name, and decided to cut ties with Camille and pound cake. And I was like, what? Like, can you imagine if I didn't call? Like, what the hell? And I was like, I, we just paid for all of our vials to be shipped to you guys. And they, they were like, well, we'll send them back. Um, if you pay us, we'll send them back. We'll give you the formulas. They gave us a fake formula. It was, it was a shit show. This was so stressful. Determined, Camille and Johnny found a third lab to help them create the perfect formula. But this lab was different than the others. It specialized in clean formulas, and it was located in New Jersey, a much easier commute from their homes in Philly. After almost another year working with lab number three, the formula for pound cake was finally completed. And their first color to hit the market? Well, red, of course. I launched with red because I love the color red, and I wanted to challenge the hurtful stigma that Black woman, and more specifically, dark-skinned Black woman can't or shouldn't wear red lipstick. By September 2021, after nearly five countless rounds of samples and a fair share of frustrations and setbacks, Pound Cake was available to purchase. We sold out in less than 48 hours um, of all of our products. And it it was like a blessing and curse because we were like, oh my gosh, we sold out, which which is amazing. That created more press. And now people are like, oh, they sold out? Like, 
who is this brand? Like, I want to be involved. And so it helped from a press perspective. From a sales perspective, you know, we were out of stock all of October of last year and most of November. And so while it sounds really like sexy and really cool to say you sold out, at the end of the day, you really never want to be sold out. That's right. Demand is best when you've got the supply to meet it. While Pound Cake had a promising launch with lots of sales and press, Camille and Johnny knew they needed more funding to support the brand's growth and expansion. They continued to work overtime to raise more funding. Enter a little program called the Black Ambition Prize. We, we saw like on the application, we we're like, okay, we're applying in February. You won't know until November, November. And, but we were like, no, we should still do it is what I said to Johnny. I was like, I mean, you never know. <laughs> and so we applied and yeah, we didn't hear anything. Just went about our lives from February to August 1st when we got that email saying you made it to the semifinals round. And then Camille and Johnny learned that they were one of the eight businesses to make it to the finals which were held during demo day in November. So that day on November 1st, they were like, okay, this concludes the pitch competition. We're going to call up the winners now. And they called up four people, four four out of the eight of us on stage to get a $50,000 check. And we all clapped. Then they were like, okay, the next two companies we're going to call up are for a $100,000 prize. And I was like, all right, I, I probably got this. And so I um, I actually stood up like on the side so I could like, and like fix my shirt so I could like walk up on stage. And they didn't call, they didn't call Pound Cake. They all took a picture on stage and Johnny and I were just like, oh my gosh, this means that we made it to, I guess there's a top two now. Yes, I just love a good suspense. From there, we invited the final two companies to our Dinner with a Purpose at the Mighty Dream Festival later in the week, where Black Ambition announced the winner of the Million Dollar Prize. Felicia and Pharrell are on stage and they're like, all right, we're getting to it. So we're finally going to announce the prizes, the top two prizes. So this year's second prize winner, and I had put like my foot around the chair to like be able to like stand up like to go up on stage. She's like the second prize winner is, and she named Glenise. And so I still ended up standing up and we hugged each other and she went up on stage and started speaking and stuff like that. And I was just sitting here listening to her, but then something in my brain just like clicked and I started crying like at the table, just tears just couldn't stop coming from my face. I just started just crying and I kept trying to put it together because I knew they were going to call me soon. But it dawned on me like, holy shit, we won. We won the first prize. Like we won a million dollars. I think if you're listening to Camille and Johnny's story, it probably is becoming clear why we chose them, right? The tenacity that they had, the ingenuity, the fact that they were able to leverage their social community to build that initial round in the absence of a friends and family round. And then them as entrepreneurs just not giving up. And for all of that, that is what made them our top prize winners. From her entrepreneurial hustle in early childhood to advocating for melanated makeup lovers, Camille has shown resiliency and courage throughout her journey. She learned from her past mistakes to successfully build a company she believes in, one supported by a loyal community of customers. With a million dollars in the bank and a whole lot of plans, 
Camille and Pound Cake are undoubtedly heading towards so much more this year and beyond. Camille is just so ambitious. We have been unapologetically ourselves from the from that Indiegogo when we were told, don't you put on that you're pro-black, don't put on that you're pro-fat, don't put on that you're pro-queer, like you're not going to make it if you do that. And us being like, absolutely not. Like, are you out of your mind? No. And then being like, fuck it, we're going to put that on our website. And so when you come to our website, you know what it is. We're going to put that on our Instagram. So this whole time, just like being unapologetically yourself, showing up in spaces in which you're welcomed and wanted. On the final episode of So Ambitious, we'll be hearing from the one and only Pharrell Williams, musician extraordinaire and the founder of Black Ambition. It's a conversation you don't want to miss. To learn more about Pound Cake, check out the show notes and be sure to rate, like, and subscribe to So Ambitious wherever you listen to podcasts. So Ambitious is a Black Ambition production brought to you by Heineken and co-produced by Moso House and You Had Me at Black. Our executive producers are Martina Abrahams Ilunga and Ivana Tucker. Samaya Adams is our supervising producer. This episode was produced by Jess Jupiter. Charlotte Morley is our associate producer. Our music is composed by Terrell Brooke. Sapphire Stubbs is our marketing consultant. Special thanks to Moses Shoyola at Other Tone. And Samia Malik, Christine Joseph, and Jermaine Sherman at Black Ambition. I'm your host, Felicia Hatcher. <laughs>